Hey folks, welcome back to the Uticast. Thank you for coming. Episode number three. Post post Boilermaker, Kev. I oh. uh, I failed you. I did not win the Boilermaker. You know, I had a feeling I didn't bet on you anyway. I didn't think I didn't you would. Bet on you. And I got to tell you the truth. It wasn't close. No. 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 I uh, I was with him for about ten seconds. Ten seconds. That's ten better seconds. than some people. That's better yeah. than I uh, Good show today. I'm excited for it. I guess we might as well just jump right into it, right? No reason to delay the enough. Welcome, folks. You to cast. We're here to tell you the story. In like Flint. I thought so. Flint. Welcome back, folks. Like Flint, Michigan? Uh, yes. Like, I'm in Flint, Michigan. Like, that's a horrible <laughs> saying. Episode three. Aaron Higgins. Hello, Aaron. Hi, guys. Kevin Sullivan. Still here. Guys, um, did you miss me while I was in Maine for seven days with my family? You went to Maine? I went to Maine. Apparently you went to Maine. <laughs> Ogunquit Beach. I was wondering why you've been wearing that Ogunquit Beach shirt every day. I really enjoyed my time there. A lot of seafood. Seems oh. like it'd be nice in Maine. Except I got sick. I told you this, right? I got sick. I can't believe that. Hard head cold on day one. And then uh, didn't do any Boilermaker training. I came home on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, woke right up. Ran the Boilermaker. Congratulations on finishing the Boilermaker. Thank you. That was a huge accomplishment. You and Kate Riley. Yes, my training partner. It. Yes. You guys really crushed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. James Willie was a... Uh, Right ahead of you, so we got to cheer on. It was like how we knew you guys were coming. We saw James, and we're like, all right, we have a couple seconds for uh, Katie yes. and Sam get here. Big game, James Willie. It, are... it was really nice all weekend. I love when they have, I love when it's Boilermaker weekend because you can feel everywhere you go all around the city, there's like stuff going on, yeah. and everybody's in a good mood, and there's people everywhere. And like, you can feel, it sounds cliche, but you can feel like the buzz in the city. Well, I had the the, uh, the extreme pleasure of running the entire Boilermaker with our, with our friend of the podcast, Katie Riley, and that's something we talked about. Is it's really hard to, to think about running when you're doing it because of all the interaction you get on the sides of the road, the the bands playing, the people cheering, people handing you stuff, throwing. You know what was the key for the Boilermaker? And I appreciate all the people out there who do this. Uh, people will cut those freezer pops in half and just hand them out. Like, on oh, the things. Nice. Oh, my God, what a delicious treat. Does all the people and distractions make it easier yes. to run, I would imagine? Yeah, because you start thinking about... Like what's coming up next? You're like, oh, look at that. Here's uh, you know, here's the crazy fools, or here's uh, you know, I saw a band called the Pomeranians. I don't know who they are, but I saw them. I said good name. All right, Pomeranians. Did you see Chris Mandry playing with the Rainbow? I, the old I, main, I gave Westbrook him part Street? of my. I gave him part of my snow cone. It's a new tradition. He's been down there every year for yeah. years. Yeah. So Chris Mandry <laughs> Rainbow uh, drum drum vocals combination of the Boilermaker has saved me two years in a row. It doesn't feel like the Boilermaker unless I see those two guys. That was a good good combo. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, the day after the Boilermaker, this this post Boilermaker uh, like the sheen is still high, right? Everyone's right. still feeling good about it. This is the LeBron James moment. Where everyone goes, yeah, you know what? Next year, I'm going to do the dunk contest. <laughs> this year, next year, I'm going to run the Boilermaker. I've heard that from a lot of people. A today. lot of people today talking about this next year's the year. 
I didn't say it. Neither oh, did you I. didn't say it? Neither nope, did you I. said it for Kevin and I. Well, no, that's just, I have <laughs> I have a theory, is what my theory. Well, I think I could convince you to probably run it. It'd be fun. You would like to run with uh, me and Katie and Sarah Forstar. It would be a lot of fun for you. Sarah Forstar. Yeah, that's we're the s- best nickname. Gosh, I love that nickname. Um, we can convince you to do it, I bet. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to get smoked. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because I'll be wearing rollerblades. I'll just be shooting down the hills. <laughs> But here, this is what I wanted to get at. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the least amount of uh, requirement would be for you guys to run the Boilermaker. Like, what's the minimum requirement it would take? You don't have to win it. You just have to run the race and finish it. Would you do it for $100? I don't want money. I don't want money. No, there's definitely, there's certainly a price. There's, there's, a, there's a price. There's certainly a price. Everyone's got a price for the Boilermaker. Don't say there's no price. Because if well, somebody came to you with a briefcase full of $250,000 and you got to run the Boilermaker in a year... Okay. Bet your ass you're running for a race. Yeah. Well, two hundred. You come to me with a hundred dollar bill? No, absolutely. Get off All my right. property. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars can make a huge difference <laughs> in a in a poor teacher's life. I mean, certainly. Right. Certainly. Well, that's so the, that's a big difference. What's your minimum price, though? That's where we're going. Ten thousand. I would have to think about it. Five thousand. Five thousand. If I gave you let's a thousand dollars, let's start with five thousand. Let's start with a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars cash in your hand right now, and said. You can have this. You don't even have to do it well. You have to finish the Boilermaker. I'd think about it. Yeah, if you give me a whole year, certainly. Whole I, year. I would start thinking about it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, $1,000. I would start thinking about it. I paid money <laughs> to be in this race, Mike. Did you see Aaron, that sign? Aaron would think about yes. it and make a decision by 2020. I'd be like, I can weigh a pros and cons of this. It's like somebody running for election. She just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to form an exploratory committee to see if you I know should win the race next I'm year. I'm going to form an explore. That's my official stance right now. I'm going to form an exploratory committee. On the pros and cons of running the Boilermaker in 2016. Uh, I will say, you do feel pretty pretty untouchable after you're done. You feel pretty... Oh, yeah. 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 It seems like it feels nice. Uh, but that's after you feel like hot garbage for an hour and a half. It's pretty... Again, as I mentioned, it's not fun to run anywhere. Running is not a fun activity. <laughs> it's not meant to be fun. It's meant to be strenuous. And it is certainly My favorite strenuous. thing af- right after the Boilermakers, Sarah and I went to find you guys. With wonderful signs. Wonderful signage wonderful for, signs. for the great Kate. And, um... No signs for FAMO, I noticed. Well, here's the thing about that, is that it was girl power. It was a girl power I moment. I get it. I get it. And we love you very much, That's but fine. it was a girl power moment, and I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't. And, um, we, we went over to where you guys are standing, and it's this beautiful back area in the family uh, meeting zone. And Sarah and I were like, can we stand in the shade? It's like, really? Huh? Like, Sarah <laughs> and I were miserable. They're all standing, like, Sam's like, I remember I was doing stuff, and like yeah. some people aren't even stringing sentences together. And Sarah and I were like, "Do you guys know where we can find a tree?" We went through a mist tent. I got a snow cone. <laughs> you had a good time. It was a hard afternoon for us. I always get annoyed though at the end of the race when I look like I just went through the ringer, and there's a guy like our friend Big Game James who just oh. like jacked and shirtless. Like that was no big deal. I needed like forty minutes. So I'm running home. I'm running home. No big deal. Like ah. Oh. Man. James ran by us, and it was the best thing because he ran by us, and he was weaving in and out of people, yeah. like to get ahead of Trying them. Trying to get that pole like, position. Like he was just like sprint. He looked so effortless, and he wasn't even sweating. He was there was not a single bead of sweat on his face. Sarah and I looked like wet, drowned cats on the sideline. And you didn't run the race. No, we were holding up a sign. Just Sunday morning. Oh, it was exhausting. <laughs> I saw it today. A friend of mine. He uh, he ran the boilermaker. He finished it in one hour and one second. 
Mm. And I was thinking about it. You know, that's amazing. You finish the Boilermaker in an hour. That yeah. seems, I, don't, I don't really know, but that seems pretty good. That's very good. That seems great. But if you're that guy and you run it one hour and one second, how mad are you about that one second? You're like, I couldn't have made up a one Mississippi anywhere on this whole course. Yeah, you would think <laughs> about it, right? Like, where's that moment that I, like, hesitated? You know that guy. That guy's probably training already today. Yep. He's coming in hot for next year. I no. quit training Shame off that second. immediately. I came home and ate the grossest, most <laughs> disgusting meal. I ate, like, McDonald's four times, drank <laughs> seven sodas. I didn't even care. I was like, good, it's done. Bye. Like you said, too, you ran that race right off of vacation time. So you're out there right. just lounging, eating oh. lobster rolls on the beach with your family. And the next thing you know, boom. Uh, Gator, uh, our friend Gator, friend of the podcast. We saw Gator during the race. Gator from the brewery. You see Gator anytime, anytime you get down to that part of West Utica, you stand around Gator for man. about 10 minutes, you're going to see Gator. Gator coming wasn't, in and out. I had spoken to Gator earlier in the week when he wasn't going to run the Boilermaker. He had deferred his, his bib. And I don't really understand how the process works. I've never been. Yeah. I don't get how you yeah, yeah. defer a bib. Do you just get a bib? Are you just like in it to win it? It's kind of like selling will call tickets to a concert, sort of. Yeah. So Gator decided to defer his bib, goes to the thing, uh, the expo or something. Sees he picks a bib for somebody else, one of his friends. Sees that his there's a bib with his name on it. This is Saturday. This was Saturday. He's like, uh, okay. Takes the bib and runs the Boilermaker on Sunday. He like zero training. He told me. He told me after the fact he had not run since the last Boilermaker. So an entire year he did not train. I spoke to him Saturday night and he's like, I'm gonna run the Boilermaker. I'm having a beer. Yeah. Like, he just went, he just did it. It was phenomenal. I was so impressed. That's we actually ran up behind Gator during the Boilermaker, and I said hello to him. And uh, I'll tell you what, it seemed like he hadn't trained for it. I have to tell you, he did not seem like he was having a good time. He he survived, and he, he looked great at the end. So Uticast supporters, we have 362 days to raise $2,000 <laughs> to get Kevin and Aaron to run the Boilermaker. I'm starting the Kickstarter. We're going to make this happen. Uh we need that money. Yeah. Details. Details talk. after the break. That's what I, he, when he was, he was asking me earlier today, is like, what are the conditions, and like, it starts at noon, and it's in October. Yeah, like, I can't, like, that heat would just be, like, the worst, I don't know if people do it in the heat, it's nuts. Sweat's good for you, it builds character. Does it? Uh, guys, I got, we're gonna get real here, I'm gonna get real deep and sensitive with you guys right now. Gross. I got back from my main vacation, my seven-day vacation with my family. You should, not your primary vacation, but your vacation in Maine. Right, the vacation right. that I now need a vacation from, because my family is great, but they are intense. Happens the best. Like place. camping. Italians. Intense. No, these are uh, Syrians. Oh, Syrians. Uh, yeah, Syrians. Let's see here nor there. The point is, I haven't been at work for a week. Uh, uh, and I went back to work today, post-Boilermaker, excited to get back to work, and found out that I... And being let go from my temporary position. Yes. Yes. Boom. Bombshell. Pipe. Bomb. I can what tell by the look on Aaron's face that she didn't she know. We did not know. Told her but you me. just put the sticker that says F in your I car. Did just I just the, saw I that. Just your the, faculty sticker. I know. I know. Now I'll just have the faculty sticker as a lie. It'll so just be case. a charade. So just in case you don't need to find parking. But you worked so hard. I did work so hard. And it's fine. Uh, 
you know, look, it's, that's the way temp work goes, I imagine. I just assumed that my entire experience of being a temp was what I saw on the office. So I assumed that I would go from being a temp to immediately running the company. Right. Uh, and then I would run it into the ground, and then I would come back as a temp again. That was the template, the template, <laughs> boom, uh, that I was hoping to follow. Someone's you know, punchy for being unemployed. Punchy. I'm very, I'm trying to be positive. I know, and I appreciate Power it. positivity. It's, it's hard. The job market's really uh, tough. Tough. Um, I get it. What is your What is your option now? Like, what are you thinking about doing now? I'm going to go back on vacation, <laughs> I think. Going uh, back to Maine. Yeah, back nice. to Maine. Going back to Maine for vacation. Uh, no, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to see what lays itself out for, for our good friend Famo here. So, also, Kickstarter to keep FAMO <laughs> in rent and bills. We're working on that, too. Let's make sure FAMO can eat. Yeah, FAMO's trying to eat. Gotta keep the lights on. You see, you see FAMO, throw him a couple, two, three bucks so I can get some Utica bread. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, by the way, while I was in Maine, uh, Utica bread opened. You guys, have you guys both been there? I have not. You're not? What is it? She's gluten-free. She's got very little. It's true. Well, I, I have to be honest. Uh, Katie sent me a, a really nice tweet that talked about the non-gluten... Yeah, yeah. Menu items at Utica Bread. But I'm having such a hard time. Yeah. I thought I thought it. it was great. I went down there on their opening day, and I happened to catch a lull in the crowd. And I got lunch, and I ordered it was some. It was like a ham sandwich on a baguette with just some, like, butter from a local farm. And I got it, and, like, it was kind of small. There was no side. I'm like, man, I came here for lunch. Like, this is a little small, but whatever. It'll be good. And it was it was divine. Yeah. The sandwich itself, it was so simple, and it was so good, and it was perfect for lunch. And they were, I mean, I've seen them be busy every single day. It looks great in there. So. I, I will tell you this much. I have Googled. This is so sad. I have Googled what would potentially happen if I just put a croissant in my mouth and then chewed it for a while and then, like, spit it out and then, like, put the, like, if I just bit into bread and then, like, didn't swallow it. I wanted to see where I would, like, where, where that would lead me. So, so far, the results are relatively positive. So I'm weighing the pros and cons of going down and just biting into a croissant, or just licking croissants at this point. <laughs> it, it was tough for me on vacation because it was about, the, the day it opened up was about the same time that I had started to get over vacation with the family. Right. So now I'm on Twitter seeing all these people talking about how great Utica bread is, and I was like, oh, uh, people doing stuff. Everyone's doing bread stuff, and I'm here on the looking at seashells. I made a drip castle, though. I made a really good drip castle. I don't know if you're aware of a drip castle. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I just imagine you on the beach like, yeah, this is the great clam Sort of a shot. sad look on his face. Yep, like some somber piano music yeah. playing just staring at different it's, seashells. Yeah, yeah. Look, Uncle Sammy, it's a seashell, y'all. Yeah, yep, it's sure is. We're on the beach. Another one. Um, 75th broken clamshell today, kid. I feel like this is the first family vacation I've ever taken where I have nothing but adult like responsibilities and opinions about everything. I, I really, I, I tried to be positive. But that's what happens when there's a younger generation. You've got nieces and nephews who are coming up on ten. Wow. So you know, yeah. force your adult by default. And because of this, uh, I'm introducing a new ongoing segment in the show. I'm called so excited for this segment. How I, I know I'm getting old. Okay. All right. Been, I, we talked about this the other day, and I literally yeah. just been thinking and thinking and thinking. Let's start a this. second podcast for it. I know. <laughs> I know I'm getting old. Uh, so here's here's how I know I'm getting old. Okay. Okay. I took my niece and nephew to a really really cool uh, amusement style theme park in um, in Maine. It was called Palace Playland. You can look it up. Palace Playland. Palace Playland is, for all intents and purposes, Sylvan Beach on steroids. It's a little bit grimy, but in a cool sort of kitschy way that if you can buy into it, you're like, yeah, man, but this is really cool, especially right. at night when the lights are on. And it's full of the same kind of rides you would see in any of those parks. Galaxy Roller Coaster, as a matter of fact, is there. Uh, Tilt-A-Whirl. 
you know, right, scramblers, right. all the standards. I went on a ride called the Superstar, okay? Ride is uh, basically a scrambler that lifts you up in the air while you do it, right? Oh. So you're going around in the scrambler. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I got sick. I'm so old because I'm getting sick. Here's how I know I'm getting old. All I could think of on the whole ride was, oh, man, I don't know when somebody's, like, fixed or maintained this ride. Like, all I'm doing is looking at the ride and looking at the gears and the way it works, and I'm getting super uncomfortable. Like, I... I really don't feel See, like I this feel like ride that's is what safe. I used to do when I was a little kid. And now that I'm older, I'm like, well, they probably wouldn't be able to run this stuff without the proper licensing yeah. and inspections. And stuff happens, but that calms me more as I'm older. When I was young, I'd look at it and be like, look at that. That's just a screw. No, dude, the I've whole... unscrewed a screw before anybody could unscrew a the screw. Whole you're, an old, you're an old soul. Apparently. 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 Oh, no, I was horrified. Like, I couldn't I couldn't wait to get off because I'm like, this is it. I've seen Final Destination. I know how bad this can go. <laughs> you lean against it and the whole ride moves. Yeah, no, like, ah. I saw a video on the internet last week. I don't know if either of you guys saw this, actually. It's uh, some park somewhere. I can't remember. You know those slingshot rides? They switch to the thing, they bolt it, yeah. and they pull the bungee ropes real taut and then yeah. launch up in the air. AKA my worst nightmare. They had a mother and a son, probably like, you know, uh, early teenage son, sitting in it. And they're pulling the ropes up, getting the ropes real taut so they can let it go oh. and bounce it up off the ropes. And right as they're getting to the point where the ropes are getting as tight as they're going to be before they release the little slingshot cage that these people are in, one of the ropes just snaps down. And it almost yeah. hits the kid in the head. Yeah. This is a thick bungee cord. It could have hurt him like that. But, what, maybe 60 seconds before they were due to get launched, that whole bungee cord arm came snapping oh. down. Oh, that makes me wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, ready? Here's how I know I'm old. Let's hear it. I had a snow cone at the Boilermaker. Okay. You did? I did. It was, I, I, all I wanted all afternoon was a snow cone. I got my snow cone, and then I was instantly concerned about it, the dye staining my teeth. Yep. That's all okay. I can talk about. Because I was like, oh, man, I just whitened my teeth. And the, the As enamel. opposed to when you're a kid, it's like, ha, ha, my mouth's blue and purple. Exactly. Check me right out. now, I'm like, oh, man, I really can't afford to have purple teeth right now. <laughs> Um, so I threw it down the sewer. It was horrific. I believe I was there for you. Actually, you're yeah. like, I'm like teeth purple. I'm like, no, they, they look like <laughs> teeth. I, are you concerned your teeth are going to be purple? From I was this? like, actually, I'm using a really expensive Italian whitening gel right now. <laughs> They're custom made trays. I had to send out for them. I can tell. For me, I can tell I'm old. It's just little stuff. Like I'll be sitting out on my porch in the morning, drinking a cup of coffee. You know, it's summer. All the little kids are playing in the neighborhood. They're not at school. And just little stuff, like I'll see a kid run across the street without looking or something. I'm like, oh my god, that kid didn't look both ways. Or like you'll just see little stuff where you start observing and you just find yourself being like, that's what my dad would have said to me 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I have one more more, uh, thing about me getting old. And this this might be uh, a controversial take. I'm now at the point where I think the cons of going to the beach... Outweigh the pros. Oh, big time. Yeah. There have, the pros of going to the beach have been oversold yes. for centuries. Yeah. I believe The you. water's great. The piers, docks, all that stuff is great. I love the water, the boats, all that. The actual stretch of sand adjacent to the water is the biggest scam that's ever been perpetrated on the American people. It's horrible. And there's a lot of them. I said to Sam, yeah, because we were discussing this very briefly yesterday. And I said, oh, God, the beach. All I can think about is all that sand. Oh, it really is the sand, too. It's not comfortable it's, to sit on. It not, gets uh, on everything. You can never get rid of it. My least favorite thing about the sand is that when the wind blows, the sand comes True. across. Like, it's, like, in my ear. It's in my eyeball. I'm miserable the whole time. I can't. Nope. Don't want to do it. I don't get it. You like the summer. You want to sit out. Sit out in some grass next to the water instead of the sand. We don't need the sand. Why do we have sand? Sand is such a waste. 
Guys, uh, we have in uh, we have a wonderful interview coming up with uh, Kate Miller, CNY. Love her. Love her. You know what? I appreciate her. She's actually listened to the show while we're doing the interview. She's one of the first people to actually say to reference something from an earlier episode. That's oh my god! Thank you so much. She's adorable. She's one of the nicest people. And how about this? She even knew about my old Brooklyn podcast with me and Dano. That's how the Wookie. Yeah, Famo and the Wookie. She was even aware. This is a shout-out, too, to the Wookiee and Open Invitation. Anytime, Anytime you ever want to come by the studio and be on the podcast, we'll do this episode just for you. Anytime, let us know. Yeah, Bam on the, Bam on the Wookiee reunion episode. But, uh, but right now, guys, you know what time it is? Oh, here we go. It's Miller time. Woo! Been saving that for a week. All week. I saw him yesterday. At the race? Yeah. yeah. He had a, when he was in the Boilermaker, he had an Andrea Bocelli sleeveless black t-shirt. I don't know if you, I went on Marathon Photo today and looked oh, at his pictures. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see you during the Boilermaker, by the way. You I, looked like you were crushing it, I have um, to say. You looked like you were out for a Sunday stroll, like I ran into at the mall. I ran by myself last year. I didn't mm-hmm. know anyone in the pack. I... I got there before my friends. I didn't bring my phone because I'm not. I don't like to listen to music when I'm running. Right, you um, had said that on your last. Yeah, podcast. I don't. I don't like to. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for this. <laughs> See, uh, it to be in the know. Uh, but running with running with Katie, who I trained with, yes. uh, Katie Riley, she. It, it, it's a lot nicer to run with people. It makes it takes a little bit of the strain off doing it yourself. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. I'm not a runner, so I no. know nothing no. of that. I do know that where I was standing at mile five. That's more than just over halfway done, and you looked like you could have gone, you know. We felt good until about the eighth mile, yeah. and then it all went downhill. Well, I can't imagine that, knowing that you're, you've still got halfway to go, and that that halfway includes that Burstone Road hill. Oh, God. Oh. You know, everyone says Burstone Road's the worst, but i got to tell you, Whitesboro Street. That's really? the, oh my God. Whitesboro Street is basically a mile uphill and then a point three downhill at the end just to make you feel a little better <laughs> about how bad you just well, did. Well, just that way, in case you're too tired, yeah. you can just start rolling uh, yeah, roll. and, you know. Um, Kate, I have, a, I have a secret to tell you. Okay. Uh, I love secrets. You are one of those uh, special people from Utica who, while I lived in Brooklyn, I didn't know in real life, but I knew you on Twitter. I know this happens a lot. I talk about it a lot. It's a recurring theme on the podcast. Yes. People I know via Twitter. And it's been nice to actually, we met for the first time at the Utica Bread Tour. Yes, we did. Yes, yes we did. Um, that was which, our first actual meet. But like you said, on Twitter, we had known or been following each other for probably, what, three or four years? Yes, the ups and downs of social media. That's the world we live it, in now. I, I feel so Twitter awkward because I run into people and I'm like, I know you, but I don't know you. Do I go up to you and say, hello, my name is Caitlin Miller? Or do I go up to you and say, hi, Kate Miller CNY? <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, and I still have New York City tendencies where I generally won't walk up and introduce myself to anybody. I'm sure. still working that out. It's sure. taking me some time. Uh, I, I do have to say, though, I, uh, I was lucky enough to read some of the articles that you have been posting uh, for Made in Utica. Thank uh, you. Yes, I'm new to the Made in Utica crew. Yes, well, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I think that your take 
is is special. Now you are a stay-at-home mom. Um, I am, and I think it really does have an. It's a perspective we don't get a lot. Matter of fact, most people on my show, no one on the show so far has any children. <laughs> right. And um, but I come from a big family. I have nieces and nephews, and I'm very close to them. I just came back from a family vacation, seven days with my family. I. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a nice time. They're good. They're good kids. No, that's always uh, good. But no, but I find your uh, I find your opinion on this uh, interesting. Especially, uh, I read your bridging the generations at Lock Twenty. Yeah, that I have to say was um, that was actually uh, I didn't mean to get as personal as I got mm-hmm. with that. Um, I was just going to write, hey, you know, here's a place that maybe not everybody thinks of to go, but you can go. It's free. There's so much happening there that it isn't really getting promoted. And I thought, let me go and just try to get some of that out. Well, it's a very singular experience. And it hit a nerve with me because my father always would take me up to Lock 20 when I was a kid. And that's a very old school mentality what to do with your kids. my, My niece and nephew, if I brought them to Lock 20... Would be bored. They would sit there on their their iPads and Kindles. And well, I would, guess the yeah. the point that I try to to bring up then to uh, young families in the area is leave the Kindles at home, leave the tablets at home, leave your 3ds at home. Get the scooter and the bike. Mm-hmm. Get your kids out there. Let me tell you, my girls, they were not bored. We had a lunch, a beautiful picnic lunch, and then they have this brilliant. It's called, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the trail. Um, probably just like Canal Side yeah. Trail or something along those lines. Sure. But it's this expansive, beautifully maintained trail. And, you know, so many, unfortunately, of the sidewalks are bumpy and cracked and it's dangerous for the kids. Here's a place where you can go to get out your boards and your bikes and take your kids out and experience I, I don't know, fresh air, the outdoors, <laughs> something new. Fresh air doesn't come in an app, folks. No. Uh, well, Lock 20 is beautiful, too. I, I like I like that it's beautiful, but, you know, I'm a history major. I went, mm-hmm. to, I went to high school. I, I love the idea of this old school thing. You don't see – I don't know anywhere else. I think you mentioned the article. There's only about 30. There are only 35 30. or 36 um, actual working and accessible locks. Mm-hmm. And Lock 20 in Marcy, New York, is one of the most accessible – family friendly and is actually one of the only ones that's an actual venue where there are things going on. They are doing a summer concert series. Um, check out the blog for all the information on that. And you know, you know, there's a lot going on that, that maybe doesn't get promoted and people don't necessarily know about. It's true. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, were you born here in Utica? Were you from the area? Born in Utica. Born and raised. I feel, I feel like I knew that. Well, I, wanted... I have to, to say I, I had an eight-year hiatus where I lived in the beautiful Finger Lakes oh. town of Canandaigua, New York. Um, so those formidable years of eight, or I'm sorry, 10 to 18 years old. I lived there, but then but turned 18 and came back. But you're Central New York, though. I am CNY. Uh, I'm Kate you, Miller CNY. Do you notice, <laughs> do you notice a difference Um between your childhood and the way children are today. Uh, this is something I brought up very briefly. And the, this is a point I brought up with my, my cousin, uh, my cousin, my, uh, my brother and my brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, while we were uh, camping this week. When I was a kid, I would, we were more free to just sort of walk around in the mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Uh, I would walk down the street to my friend's house. And when mom wanted me, she would have to actually physically yell out the window, come back for dinner, because we didn't have the connectivity we exactly. have today. Do you feel like the challenges today of being a mother are, are I don't know if it's harder, 
than what we grew up with, but what's different now? Do you feel I like? think that it's difficult sometimes to engage your kids in something that isn't uh, flashing. Mm-hmm. One thing about the, the generation that's coming up right now, my daughters are nine and five years old, and my husband and I refer to them as the on-demand generation. Oh, yeah. They don't understand the concept of having to wait. So whereas you or I would you know, want to watch Full House when we were younger, and we would know that it started at 8 o'clock. And so we would have to, at 7.30, put on our pajamas, and at 7.45, mm-hmm. start making the popcorn, and at 7.55, get the pillows ready on the couch, and then it's 8 true. o'clock... It was time for Full House. My kids want to watch a program. Um, and not only, I should also say, what they're watching is different. One yes. of my daughters, one of their favorite shows is called Dog with a Blog. Yes, so when I'm familiar I, with that one. When I told them <laughs> about I was going to be writing a blog, they said, like the dog? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> it helps to be up on this stuff. I, uh, I had to hear about something called Uncle Grandpa this yeah. week. Oh. Uh, I thought they were talking to me. I was yes. like, why are you calling me Uncle oh Grandpa? Like, no, this is a TV show, Uncle Sam. I was like, all right, right. I get it. I'm right. not cool enough. See, and that's <laughs> the thing is that my kids, they don't have the concept of, if they want to watch Uncle Grandpa, they just tune, they turn into on demand. Mm-hmm. And yes. they put it on. And then it's on. There's no commercials. Oh, yeah. They watch it for the 22 and a half minutes that it's on for. And then it's, it's done. It's, it's almost hard for me to blame Kids, though, because I don't know how old you are. I refuse to ask uh, a woman how old she is on the radio. Same age as you Uh, are. Same age. Um, I remember having this technology sort of presented to us in our mid, late teens, early 20s, at least for me. I got my first cell phone. I was, I want to say 16 or 15. And it was presented to me, and I didn't know what to do with it. My mom gave it to me. She said, here, take this in case I ever have to get a hold of you. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to call anybody. I don't talk to anyone on the phone. Why, Why are you giving this to me? Right. My niece and nephew are, are uh, they're, they're two youngest, they're seven. They don't know what life is like without, without technology. Exactly. They were born into this, expecting this to be presented to them in a, in a manner. It's hard to go back. I had a magazine out on the uh, coffee table one day. Sure. And my youngest daughter, she was a toddler at the time, maybe 15 months old, went up to the magazine, put her index finger on the cover, and swiped it. <laughs> <laughs> As if it was an e-reader. That's something. That honestly, it was. It was an interest. Oh, I mean, it was. A, it's a funny story and it's a funny anecdote. But it was a really interesting moment in in my own evolution <laughs> of myself, as well as my own evolution of of being a parent. That wow, there these kids. I mean, I had my. I bought. I got an e-reader. For I, I want to say it was my twenty fifth birthday. My husband bought it for me. I was so excited. Uh, you know. It, it was, there was never a concept of, of of everything being accessible. But also, the downside of that is is that everything has to be charged. Sure. And I, I try to take an approach that sometimes when we're plugging in, maybe we need to maybe we need to to tune to turn off to tune in. Oh to yeah. To the families. Well, I've seen the horrors that that exist when my nephews iPad is on zero and he starts panicking it's a meltdown. Because, because Minecraft's not going to work anymore. Ugh, it's, a um, mo- it's a meltdown. It's funny. I, I had a weird conversation with my grandfather a couple days ago. He was telling me about how when he was a kid, his father would take him and his whole family to this out in the summertime to a farm to pick beans for 25 cents. Mm-hmm. 
I can't imagine what my niece and nephew would say to me if I said, hey, guys, guess what we're going to do this summer? We're going to go pick beans. Right. They would, they would say horrible things to me. Horrible. <laughs> they would laugh in my face. Well, I can tell you there are lots of great uh, farms and farmer's markets yeah. around here where you can go and pick strawberries and blueberries and raspberries. And that's a, another aspect of family fun that I'm going to be touching on hopefully within the next couple of weeks on the blog. Wonderful. Kate Miller CNY on Twitter at Kate Miller CNY. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, This was awesome. Do you know how often you're going to be blogging for Made in Utica? The plan is, as long as everything Mm. goes to plan, uh, that the blogs will be released on Wednesdays. So it's going to be once weekly. very good. On Wednesdays, that's the plan. Excellent. Kate Miller, again, a pleasure to have you on. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. It was was my pleasure, and we appreciate you. you. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks a lot, folks. Again, I want to thank the charismatic and very charming Kate Miller yeah. for being on the show. She's uh, she was fun to talk to. Nice she perspective. Was. Kids, good time. I sent it to her as I mentioned, first person on the podcast to have a kid. We're a pretty uh, childless podcast. So far. Um, that's a good idea about bringing her around. Yeah, but she has them twenty four seven. Doesn't just teach them at school. No, I have two children. Their names are Maggie and Paco. And, and they're a German oh. Shepherd and a Chihuahua, I believe. <laughs> we were in the woods today. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. We, you know, we mentioned the old podcast I used to do, mm-hmm. the Family and the Wookie podcast, yes. which was a sports podcast, and I realized that we've not yet broached the topic of sports. That's true. Really, on this podcast, we started after the comet season ended, That's so true. we didn't get in much comets talk, which we will I eventually. Know. Tough time of year for sports. It's baseball and nothing else. It is baseball and nothing else, unless you're into soccer like me. But so it's baseball or nothing else. Baseball or nothing else, right? I know. Um. I do want to point out that I did have a radio show in college where I w- it was a sports radio show. So. Whoa. Hot takes. Hot takes. It was called Juice Box Radio. Shout Juice out to WPNR. WPNR. Utica College. Can we find those episodes anywhere? Can we go back and listen to Yeah, Juice we Box probably radio? can. Yeah, okay. we probably can find Juice Box. It was, the tagline was, it's worth the squeeze. Oh, that's very clever. <laughs> and I was Miss Aaron. <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't have a tagline really on Family on the Wookiee. It was always just a... Uh, who wants to come podcast with the champs? <laughs> I think that sounds about right. I think we might have to take that. You might like that one? Yeah, I like that I one. Um, but we have, a, we have a little bit of a divide here in the show. We are not... I know a lot of people would assume that we're solely a Yankees podcast because we seem pretty sane. But one of us is a Metropolitans fan. A you New York one Metropolitan. Of us, one of us definitely is. Which one of us do you think it is who is a Metropolitan? fan, Kev. Is it you and me? I, I don't think that it could ever be. Oh, no. It must be. Higgins, what about you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's definitely me. I'm a huge Mets fan. You really are. I'm a huge Mets fan. I actually took my keys today that I that have my Mets uh, monogram Mets key tag on them. I did oh. not wear my Mets bracelet because it jangles <laughs> when I hit the table. I didn't want to interrupt the podcast with all my jangling. But, yeah, I'm a huge Mets fan. Diehard Mets fan, actually. Now, I need to ask you a question. I have all the answers. As a Mets fan, do you hate the Yankees? I personally, I, yeah, I'm not a Yankees fan whatsoever. Dislike the Yankees? Yeah, I don't like the Yankees. I think their um, their organization. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to really make a lot of enemies, but I don't. I don't think their organization, <laughs> especially because Kevin can tear down anything I can say with with the Yankees comeback. But I just think 
in the recent years with um, the over it's overpriced, it's overproduced, it's very shiny, it's very you know manicured, and that's not really me in any way, shape, or form. I'm a backyard. Uh, you know, underdog but type have you, baseball. But have you always liked the Mets? Yeah, I was born. I was born a Mets fan. I came home in a Mets outfit from the hospital, actually. Okay, All right, in a little so, Mets cap. So. so you got like campaigned by your your your. There was no campaigning. Yeah, there was no there was no campaigning. I watched the '86 World Series as it's a. The same reason. That's the same reason we like the Yankees. I remember watching the Yanks with my dad and with my grandfather and you know different family members and stuff. Yeah. Well, my dad was a big Yankees fan. But here's the the thing I used to say is like when when we went to Boston, we went to Boston. Couple years back, if yes. correctly, and uh, it seems like Red Sox fans are much more hostile toward Yankee fans than Yankee fans tend to be toward Red Sox fans. The Red Sox fans are, are like new money. You know how like new people money. like wow. old money say new money. The Red Sox fans are like, oh, we're the greatest team in the world. This day and the other thing because they've won a lot of championships recently, but they haven't won championships for you know eighty six years before that. They're still getting used to it. It's a little more brash and belligerent. That's the only thing I'll say about the Yankees is that their history just does show that they are just, just act like you've been here before. They and they've been there before, but, but I'm, is, a, I'm a scrappy, I'm a scrappy no, underdog. I'm a, that's all there is to it. We're not in the same Yankees and Mets. They they butt us up together so often, but we're really not the same or like well, the same thing. I I notice there's a lot of Yankee vitriol. From Mets fans that I've met, though, I don't know if you necessarily feel this way, but there is a weird, well, especially when I was living in New York, not so much up here, but when I lived in New York, there was a very much like, oh, dude, the Mets, the Yankees are a joke. Like, the Mets are the real New well, York Well, the Yankees are a little over, the thing about the Yankees is they're overplucked, they're not allowed to have their hair a certain way, like, they're very gelled and tanned and hairless and, like, like gigantic, like... Like it's just it's just like a it's like a freaking show. It's it's one of those things you have to you have to expect the vitriol because imagine put yourself and this isn't in a way to attack the Mets their fans or anything like that but whatever. Realistically though, I mean if you look at if you look at the Mets and the Yankees, it's got to be tough as Mets fans no matter what you do no matter what kind of team you have. It's almost like having an older brother or something Mm -hmm. like that that you're always constantly compared to who's always doing a little bit better than you're doing and always a certain way. It's like. That's a tough thing for my fans. Like, you know what? Screw those guys. We're just as good as they are because it's almost an underdog complex because they always are. You're right. They are the underdog team. Yeah, but I don't think that it's like – I don't think it's a comparative – I don't think that it's fair to compare the two teams because they're so different. The management styles are so different. We clearly are it, – It's not fair, but life's not fair. People still compare them because they're the yeah. two New York teams. Well, the you know what I mean? suck, so. Because they've uh, always – See right there. We've gotten to the root. Like, <laughs> <there. laughs> I'm trying to be like really minutes. cool. I mean, it took like three and a half seconds for me to get there. I'm trying to be really cool. I just, I just, ah, I just hate them. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely. so shiny and they're so slick. And Don't you wish you didn't have to share a city with them? No, not at all, because that's not a big deal to me in any yeah. way, shape, or form. I would hate them as an organization no matter where they were. has nothing to do with the placement. has nothing to do with anything. When the Subway Series shows up this year, we're going to run them into the ground. But, <laughs> whoa, whoa. we got hot bats right now. we got hot wow. bats. Hey, so the issue is. First place New York Yankees. First place New York Yankees. Uh, first place New York Mets. I don't want to hear it. We're actually one game back. But not the point of the story. We're one, okay, so watch One game Yanks. back in quadruple A. They're coming for the Yanks, guys. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. We're stuck there. Fresh talk right now. We've got the same go before we kill each other. Same go on. Let's cool down. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, no, the, the point I make is, this is what I mean, though. Like, there is this sort of underlying, like, the Yankees suck. But for Yankee fans, we sort of treat that with that little brother analogy. The Yankees are the big brother holding their little brother by the head, looking around the room for someone more interesting to talk to while their little brother screams and yells to get their attention. That's how I feel. And that's why I think most people dislike Yankee fans because there is that sort of like, ah, we can't yeah, be bothered. There's totally, 
And there are, there are jerk Yankee fans. I'm not going to sit here and... Absolutely. The worst Yankee fans are worse than almost any other kinds of fans. Except the worst Red Sox fans. Massholes. The worst fans. The worst massholes. I don't like... Um, well, when we get to the fall, we start talking about football. Although football season really never ends for football fans. Like, mm-hmm. for me, it's just been still continuing on. Which is crazy, because to somebody like me who's not really a football fan, like, I'll watch games of throw but I don't really have a team. I don't really care. To me, it's exhausting because I can't turn on the TV and I'm like, oh, good, they're talking about mock drafts of training camp and what's crazy. player trades. I love that Wonderful. stuff, though. I love it. Which is crazy because I love that for the NBA, and that's been going on. For me, that's like crack, and so you probably don't care about that, so it's just yeah. different strokes. What's crazy as a Bills fan is that the football season pretty much never starts for me. It just oh. it starts and it's over, and that's it. That's Although, you know, you guys are, like I said before, and I respect the Bills as a Giants I'm a Giants fan. I'm a diehard yeah. Giants fan. Same concept, born and raised in the oh, organization. So, yeah, I know. They usually go with Mets, Jets. Mets, but usually Mets, Jets, and then... Uh, I'd rather never, like, I, the Jets are like... The Jetropolitans, yeah. The Jets are like um, <laughs> like the, the cousin you don't want to acknowledge having. Sam's been saying this year is the Bills year for to me. No, fifteen years. Fifteen years been like this year is the Bills year, baby. Uh, me, I actually, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I left my job so I could go be the Bills quarterback. I knew it. Breaking I knew news. it. I knew Breaking it. Uh, so, guys, little over under here before we close up for the day. This is a real simple over under today. Kind of goes with what we're saying. Overrated or underrated baseball as a sport? Underrated. Underrated. Way underrated. underrated. Wow. Underrated. Way underrated. I understand that it's a, it's a slow game, and if you don't really soak yourself in and have a full understanding of why every pitch means something, it's a slow game for me sometimes. If it's not the Yanks, I can't sit down and watch all baseball games every single time. But generally, as it goes, baseball gets dismissed as out of touch, old fashioned, and maybe just I grew up playing it, but love baseball. Would you I'm like? Sorry. Would you like me to recite the entire speech from Field of Dreams? Uh, we don't. We don't have that kind of time. Nobody's but, got that kind of time. but people will come, right? <laughs> if we build it, they will come. I literally you know, have seen that movie a thousand I, times. I cry every time. I watched it yesterday. I can do that whole speech. Super that's a nuts. great segment. I use it all the time for like community events and stuff like that. Talking about Utica, I'm like, if we build it, they will come. I've been stealing it, using it for years and years. I think it's underrated. I I guess I got to be the guy to say overrated because it is. Uh, I. My entire interest in the Yankees and baseball now is almost purely nostalgic because soccer ruined baseball for me. Uh, Well, that's completely different. That's coming from a crazy man's point of view. Apparently, I can only have one uh, slow unlikable, low-scoring sport in my life. <laughs> so wait, 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 I just I get you to admit two. on record that soccer is slow and unlikable? But it's timed. It's an hour and a half long. Baseball is like four hours long. Which is great. That's you only watch Yankees, it. Red Sox. All only games go quick. No, soccer, right, soccer killed baseball. What's that's it. Next? We're done unless you want to do over it, underrated on the uh, Pizza Hut hot dog pizza I saw the commercial for. Oh. You know, I'm having a, I, I got to be honest. I have I've seen the commercial once for the hot dog pizza, and I sort of dismiss it because I don't eat anything that's right. not. Although with the gluten issues, I have been forced to sort of stray. But you don't eat pizza that comes from you know someone's place that you know the family. You know, it was one of those. Hot dogs Utica. and red sauce seems like a weird mixture Doesn't anyway. Like I don't really. And if you look, they look like little pigs in blankets all the that's, way around the crust. I think that's what they call it, actually. Like it's pigs in blankets. Really, crust. really that's odd. Suspect. I can't imagine how bad they, it looks bad on the commercial. I can't imagine how bad that thing comes looking in box. How do you think they make it? I don't I think, think they, they don't, make it. I think it comes shipped really to the house. It definitely doesn't vibe with our opulent podcast lifestyle we've presented with ourselves here. <laughs> no. uh, guys, Aaron Higgins, thank you for coming in. Uh, 
Don't Kevin. Kevin. me. I'm always hey, here. Thank always you. happy to see you. Uh, before, go ahead. Before no, please, we go, go ahead. I was going to say before we go, because I don't know if we forgot, but I want to make sure we thank Sarah Foster for the help That's with right. the interview this That's week. That's right. Important to thank Sarah Foster. We would not have had an interview without her and her uh, late-minute heroics. Sarah Foster. Four-star. Four-star. Yeah, thanks for four giving star. us a place to do the interview. Thank you. Guys, thanks a lot. It's been it's been fun. We did it. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, unless we get canceled by. I'm thinking I'm gonna bring me. a new girl. Perspective. I think Aaron just can't. I think Aaron just can't. She can't. Go Mets.